Okay, guys, believe it or not, today we're going to try to finish up chapter four. Uh, it's a long stretch, but bear with me. We'll read through it, and I really only have one big point to make out of it. Um, this is Paul's, he's just once again taken a stab at it, at trying to you know compare the the law to grace and how we can rightly relate to God. And um, he does so by saying, all right, Let's have a Bible study. Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 16. This is essentially what he does. So let me read you this passage, starting in verse 21. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born in the ordinary way, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a promise. And these things may be taken figuratively for the woman, the women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free and she is our mother. For it is written, be glad, O barren woman who bears no children. Break forth and cry aloud, you who have no labor pains. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now, you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born in the ordinary way persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It's the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son, for the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman." So Paul has just uh, taken, he says, tell me you who want to be under the law. He's just taken the, the Galatian church and maybe even the Judaizers who are listening in who are advocating that the law is the way to continue to relate to God. He's just taken them to school. <clears throat> He's taken them back into, a, into the account of Abraham and his relationship with God where he attempts to fulfill the promise on his own accord by having a relationship with a slave woman, Hagar, and she gets pregnant and ha bears a son named Ishmael. And Abraham says, well, here you go, God, this is good enough. Now I got a son. And God essentially says, no, that's not the plan. You're not going to take it into your own hands because then you would think that you had done it on your own and you're going to relate to me by faith and I'm going to provide for you the promise in a way that's miraculous. It's going to come through Sarah and you're going to have a son named Isaac and that's going to be the child of promise. And Paul uses this analogy, he uses this, this, this true story from Israel's past to, to make this comparison and to show how we are, um, the law is like Hagar and uh, her son Ishmael and that the relationship with God through faith and trust in Jesus now is like, is the relationship of promise. And, and so... Um, you know, my single point is simply this. Here I am three minutes in and I, I, it's like, get to the point, Jeff. It's just this. We are not the children of the slave woman. As Paul says at the very end in verse 31, we don't relate to God through the law. Uh, that's not the way in which we build our relationship or establish our relationship with him that's right, that's righteous. We don't relate to God through our own works or through our own righteousness. The way we relate to God is through his promises, the promises he's given to us, which we by faith believe and accept, and we enter into this uh, right relationship with God by receiving his blessings. And something that the law 
could not do for me is bring me into these deep blessings of God. Uh, I, I, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't feel the deep blessings of God. But by faith, when I would enter, when I entered into a real relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that caused me to abound in the blessings of God. And that, that's the teaching that Paul is offering to the Galatians. It's, it's important that we would hear it today because we all seem to hold on to some concept of reward for good and punishment for bad. That's just life. That's the way we all grew up. That's the way we were all trained. The way that good behavior gets reinforced is through reward and the way that bad behavior gets discouraged is through punishment. It's, the, it's what we've all known our whole lives. Uh, but that's not how I relate to God, beloved, and it's not how you should relate to God. It's important that when we look to a relationship with God that we dismiss that concept, the, the way in which we were trained by life. And um, that I relate to God through faith and believe that his promises, the promises that he loves me and he wants to bless me is the right way to relate to him. And, and believing, <clears throat> excuse me, believing um, believing the fact that God is going to bless me even though I failed him and I know I don't deserve it and I know I'm not worthy and I know my works don't measure up, but to receive by grace the blessings of God through his promises, I'm a child of the free woman. I'm a child of promise. And since I've discovered that, I have never ceased to receive the blessings of God in an ever-increasing measure. A lot of times in my ministry, I meet people who... Uh, through some sort of traumatic experience have turned away from God or they become bitter against God and for years they'll you know have nothing to do with God. I, I run into people like that a lot. And I met a guy once who was bitter like that, but finally God had recaptured his heart and he had recommitted his life to Jesus completely. And he said, you know what it was that, that, that got hold of me? He said, I kept waiting for the ax to fall because I didn't fall out of belief in God. I just didn't want anything to do with him. And I kept waiting for God to, you know, like wipe me out. And he said, but he never did. He just kept blessing me and I couldn't handle the goodness of God. So finally, I just gave him my life. I just dedicated my life to him again. And the, the scriptures say, don't you realize it's the goodness, it's the kindness of God that, lead, that leads us to repentance. And, you know, that's the truth. God is good. We're children of the promise and God wants to bless us. And so my question to you is, why don't you let him? Just, just believe that that's his desire to bless you and trust him to bless you to bless you. And so I just want to pray into that. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for this relationship that we have with you through faith in Jesus that we could never have by our own works. We thank you for this, this new covenant, this covenant of promise based upon uh, your work that you have promised to do. And because, Lord, it's based upon your work, it's true and it's sure and it's unfailing. It's not based upon my work. It's not based upon what we can do tonight. And so, Lord, we ask that you would bless your children. Bless us. I pray your blessing be poured out on my, my friends, my brothers and sisters and all who are listening, particularly that person who maybe is bitter and distant. I pray, Lord, you just overwhelm them with your blessings to the point that they would say, you know, I, you just keep blessing me. I'm, I just can't handle your goodness. I'm just going to go ahead and dedicate my life to you. So, Lord, we... We ask uh, that your, your kindness would lead us all to repentance, that we wouldn't dare to declare anything other than this, uh, this beautiful relationship of promise and grace. We thank you for Jesus. We declare your good, your good. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and Maranatha.